side C. Next couple topics are actually pretty quickly. Um, light speed travel or hyperspace. Right? Okay. Um, well, yeah, we, we know that traveling light speed is pretty hard to do in our universe. <laughs> I'll, put, I'll put that sure. hard in quotes. <laughs> <laughs> um, basically, you need almost infinite energy to go the speed of light. Um, and as you, because you, as you go faster, you get heavier and heavier and heavier until you just keep needing more energy. Well, they figured out a way in their universe to basically surpass that, right? Um, and according to the lore is you basically, when you approach the speed of light and you have a hyperdrive, is you actually get transported to a different dimension, the hyperspace dimension. And then that's how you, and, and the math and physics in that dimension actually work differently that allow you to go faster than the speed of light. So that's how hyperspace works here. Huh. Um, so, yeah, so it's because, basically because, like wormholes. Because if you're traveling around the galaxy, yep. you're still not going all that far at light speed. No. You're not getting to the next star for four years. Uh, yeah, but you, so you have to go you have to go in faster than light oh, speed. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. But this, this brings up a good point. Yet still, in Star Wars, Star Trek, and virtually all sci-fi, there is still travel time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which... I mean, I'm actually, I'm sure one of your listeners is going to go, oh, you idiot. No, the, these, these 50 <laughs> stories have, have fixed course. that. Of but course. I, in terms of general popular mythologies, uh, there's still, as though they were boats on the ocean, <laughs> like trying to get oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to, you know, the Bahamas. Like there's some time, <laughs> it, you know, yes, you're going very, very much faster than the speed of light, and you're, you know, you're bending space time, and you're going using other dimensions and all these other things. Yet, you know, you actually, need you need a good solid 30, 40 minutes sometimes. To actually get there. Like, yeah. yeah, or or you know, a week. Like, yeah. it's very very human well, time frames. Well, like, why? What's up with that? Well, wormhole tunneling would work like that because you're you're basically folding time uh, time space in, in you know in half and punching a hole through it. Instantaneous. Yeah, that would be well, instantaneous. You, no, it's not instantaneous because you still have to travel the gap between them. The gap collapses to nothing, right? Not not all the time. <laughs> Wait, in in th- we we are talking theory here, right? No, so, I'm talking about Star Wars. <laughs> I, oh, okay. <laughs> now now what a, a a universe that travel is instant like this, it would be Battlestar Galactica when they jump. Right, that's an instant trend. But uh, they, but they still, because I've seen enough yeah. of Battlestar, like I've seen the whole thing. I know blasphemy, but it, <laughs> it, like there's still there's still travel time in that. Well, like, yeah, it's travel time when they're not in <coughs> whatever. If you have instantaneous point A to point B, then you don't even like approach the planet. Well, you just so go they, to the planet. Well, they they explain that in in Star Wars where you can't hyper, you can't jump into hyperspace. Near gravitational fields, they do in seven. Yes, because they disabled all the safety protocols on their hyperdrive in the Millennium Falcon. So it's risky. It's very risky. 
I mean, they almost die <laughs> doing that. But and actually, they do that in Battlestar too. Where okay. They warp into a planet's atmosphere and then warp back out. So the or thing is, so, so so it's a danger to everything around them. Yes, but not to the craft itself. Well, unless the craft hits something. <laughs> <laughs> but inertia still has well, like to a, play like a power into line this. on the way out. A power line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the kite got the stuck. kite got stuck. Yes, oh, the kite. A flock of geese or something. Yeah, <laughs> you got to be careful. Sputnik. I don't know. I you know I'm not sure this is one that we can speak to fully. No, the- not too much on. But yeah. I'm just saying this is is in Einstein's theories wormholes kind of exist. Mm-hmm. If you have a ton of energy, you can make wormholes work. Well, and we've already proven that a ton of energy is it's, readily available. Well, and, and it's Star a pack Wars, of double A's at the Galactic yeah, CVS. It, right. Yeah, in, in Star Galactic Wars, <laughs> they basically energy is not a problem anymore. Right. Um, and so, if you basically make energy not a problem anymore, you can make a wormhole and you can travel through it. Yet, and yet, somehow, food, water, everything else that's a problem yeah, everything for else humanity problem. is still a problem on certain planets. Well, energy, yeah. no problem. Priority. Energy, no problem. Yeah, priorities. You gotta get your blue milk. <laughs> <laughs> next topic? Yeah, next topic. Um, another really quick one, prosthetics. The only reason why I want to bring this up is just the sheer, how awesome prosthetics are in the Star Wars universe, but how shitty the robots look. Interesting, yes. Yeah, so like, yeah that's like, a good point. Because Luke gets his arm or hand cut off, and they replace it with... It looks just like his regular hand, right? right? And then you got a trash can robot with a face on it that's got like garden hoses and dryer hoses as arms and, and legs. And then duct duct legs. Yeah, no, that's true. It's surprising what a what a larger budget for a movie will will get you. You know, <laughs> indifference. Yeah, yeah. indifference. Right. You know, yeah, it would make sense. I mean, with all you know, with everything being bigger in the Star Wars universe, uh, you know. Inequity, d- disparity between classes would be enormous. Enormous, yeah. Because yeah. um, you also got like General Grievous, right? Who's like he's got like the only thing that's original of him is his brain, eyeballs, and like organs. <laughs> I don't know why you would keep the organs, vitals. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, <laughs> or his eyeballs. <laughs> you know, whatever. But yeah, it looked it, it, it looked cool. It was maybe the best visual effect of the prequels. I'll yeah, give he that. is really cool looking. He has four the, arms the, too. The worst voice acting. Who oh, was that it guy? It was so bad. Yeah, he was pretty bad. It was it was offensive to all races <laughs> simultaneously, and it was just bad. It was unintelligible. It was anyway. Yeah, I digress. Yeah, uh, next year's uh, Star Wars Christmas special, we just dump on the prequels the whole time, right? Yeah, okay. we'll probably do that. Okay. <laughs> uh, so that's that's prosthetics. Um, <laughs> that, that was yeah. That was I just want to talk about yeah. That was really quick. Um, wait, wait, no. Well, well that, here's another prosthetics thing. When Luke's hand gets chopped off mm-hmm. with the lightsaber. Oh, am I? I'm no jumping jumping ahead. No. How does how does the lightsaber get to Maz and does she have oh, the hand? Yeah, that's actually an RFO. Um, right. We we we'll cover wait, that, wait, a that. Bit. Okay. Wait, wait, but quick answer to that. The the big gas monsters on Bespin eat it, you know. They they, they they <laughs> fart out the gas. Lando gets it, and Lando's like, "Well, you know, Maz would like this." So, <laughs> <laughs> like you this. know, Lando and Maz hooked up at some point. Oh, multiple at some times. Point. Oh. Yeah, that's a galactic booty call right there. Yeah, galactic booty call. Yeah, um, if she's into Chewie. She's definitely oh. into Lando. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> moving on, uh, the Force. 
Yes. And this is Josh's topic. Well, I chose the force because there seemed to be the least amount of math involved. <laughs> uh, I don't have paper and calculations on the force, but it is interesting, and we got into this a second ago, the force as a mystical phenomenon, as a spiritual phenomenon. It's something that's um, inherently non-technical yep. in the original um, trilogy. Even in the prequels, too. It's still something that's in the prequels and in, in, in the originals where technology can't touch it. I, but I disagree. I disagree because of the introduction of the midichlorians. The idea, the, the, very, the very breadth of midichlorians to me fundamentally changed what the Force was going to be, at least in the prequels, and, and thereby what it, what it is in the sequels and, and the rest of this. In fact, I, w- I would go so far as to say Disney wants to keep the prequels as canon, fine. Just get rid of the midichlorians. <laughs> or don't. I'm going to get to that in a second. Because so, as thinking about so you're it... you're calling for a remake. I think it was no, 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 no. Prequels. No, I'm just saying that they re that they recontextualize um, the force in a way that like, doesn't have any quantifiable. You can't count the number of midichlorians. It's not a blood test. Like, so was it a, a fundamental flaw? Well, okay. So this is where my research took me. Is that the the name and the whole idea of the midichlorians? Basically, it was a simple way to say that Anakin is badass in the force sure. uh, and I get that but it was sloppy writing it was everything about it it pissed off virtually every older fan that saw the movies including myself but what's interesting about the midichlorians is that they are living organisms inside the cells of human beings yet somehow they are also in they bind everything, everything in the universe. <laughs> they're, they're yeast. In the galaxy, yes. They're, they're, they're just yeast. everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're neutrinos. Yeah. yeah, neutrinos. But, okay, well, so we have to pick one. Let's pick that, it, that they are actually living organisms inside the cells. So a living organism inside a, a say, eukaryotic cell is going to be already very small. But it, it, what's interesting about that idea when I started thinking about it, is that it, it uh, reminded me of a theory that we've, sp- we've spoken about. I don't think you and I have. Um, Parker, and I've got to remember for Radioland, I was pointing it and talking to Stephen. <laughs> Stephen and I had this conversation. I was telling him about a, a theory of consciousness that's been put forth recently by an anesthesiologist named Stuart Hemeroff, Mm. and uh, working in conjunction with a famous quantum physicist named Roger Penrose. And we don't have nearly enough time to get into the theory, but it is fantastic. It is is my so far favorite theory of consciousness. Oh, just blow your mind. If if you have any time after um, listening to this podcast and (laughs) aren't going to just go immediately watch all the Star Wars movies, which I know we're probably not making you want to do, but... um, (laughs) Stuart Hemeroff, uh, H-E-M-E-R-O-F-F. And the, the theory is that the structures inside every cell um, that we're aware of, uh, eukary- eukaryotic and prokaryotic, are 
they're, they're known as microtubules, mm-hmm. and they're the the uh, scaffolding of the cells. They're these uh, basically think of them as as like high tension wires that hold the membrane together and hold uh, the different components of the cell in place, and and they're responsible for for in neurons reaching out to form synaptic connections, and and they're incredible. Just in, in so much as regular science, science uh, general science has held them to be, but they don't really see them much as much more than structural. Stuart Hemeroff says wrong. They are the key to everything, and, mm. and I can't really get into that right now. But they, the, the theory basically states that based on with, with the protein that makes up these structures – that there is a there's a quantum vacuum inside these proteins that allow for non-local behavior in microtubules, and it their theory goes on to, to say that that it's basically this sort of non-local quantum communication between microtubules in neurons that is the the signature of consciousness. So how does that get, uh, connect to Star Wars? In a very interesting way, I think George, in his <laughs> sloppy, like, <laughs> throw-it-against-the-wall idea of midichlorians, yeah. if Hemeroff and Penrose m- continue to be proven right on small uh, areas of their theory, which they, they have even this year, some, some big news on that front, George Lucas may have actually predicted what is the meeting point of a a fundamental force, a mystical characteristic to consciousness and molecular biology and the ultimate tech, which is, to me, cellular biology. Hmm. So in, in that sense, the force could end up basically being the blueprint for that. And, and it makes, it makes uh, the, the universe, the Star Wars universe, interesting in... In a, in a whole new way, in that they don't call it consciousness, but, you know, in theories of consciousness that sound sort of new agey and, and you know, hippy-dippy, there is this, this, this uh, fundamental and constant state of consciousness that's unbound, in a sense. They call it proto-consciousness until you get, until you have a system, a, a technical system that binds it. So my first question is... How, how, how do you imagine that working like, obviously, we're, we're, we have to transition from cellular, you know, technology to uh, hard tech. But do you, can you think of anything uh, comparable, maybe computer systems, computer networking to some degree, where you have a sort of a sharing of information, uh, like, is the force expressed in our world in in ways that we're that we're already used to like <clears throat> i guess maybe <laughs> the internet well the internet but like it sounds more like um like BitTorrent, maybe <laughs> i love it i love that's it that's amazing i love it so much that's amazing and Pirate Bay is like the the information hub. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, um, how did we go from microtubules to the Pirate Bay? I, I mean, it, Parker. Microtubules. It's 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 kind of like, you know, it's it's. Uh, I, we talked a little bit about this before. Um, I think because we were talking about um, quantum mechanics a couple weeks back, 
Um, and we're really bad at talking about that because we have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> Correct. And in um, any conversation where you say the words quantum mechanics, you need to say, I don't know what I'm talking about. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, it's where, you know, it's, it's, I think maybe that's where like deja vu and that kind of stuff stems from. Okay. Well, okay, so, so that brings up a, an interesting point because, okay, so it is explained in Star Wars quite often that the, the Force exists within everything and it's within all of us, but it seems like the Jedis have a way of tapping into it and the way they describe that or quantify it is through an elevated count of this thing called metachlorians. So what what is interesting is using what you just described is it not possible then that the Jedi's just have a way of tapping into and inherently controlling the way these microtubules interact with themselves and also interact with their environment? Yeah, because but and they also just have a, a great force user is just someone who genetically has more of them. Yeah, because right. like and, right. and the thing is because the force can even act on non-organic things like. Raising right. the X-wing out of the swamp. Right. Um, when when Darth Vader throws all the stuff at Luke when they're fighting at uh, Cloud City, all that stuff. It's it's you know is the midi chlorian goop. I guess. I guess if, if it's everywhere, like yeast, you know, <laughs> it's, it's just bacteria that's everywhere, and it's on that. How how could like let's say steel be affected by this force? So the, is, so the midichlorians are maybe a, what, what would be a, 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 te, a, a technical term for it? A, a, um, maybe they are... Pathogen or... Well, no, 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 no. no. Like, right like, a, uh, like an electronics uh, metaphor would be like a, a uh, transducer. Hmm. Yeah. A transducer of force. Okay, so, the, so having more of these, they were able to control, they, or these, or the midichlorians can actually exert a force... And if you have more of them, they can you channel can, force. You can channel the force, right? That that whatever the Mendicorian force is. Well, right. oh, but here's the thing: the the concept you were talking about earlier is that consciousness itself doesn't necessarily lie within gray matter in your skull. It has something to do with these microtubules, and the 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 tying together of the Mendicorians and consciousness in this sense, could mean that consciousness and force are one and the same in, in, that, I, in that kind of paradigm. And if you can control consciousness uh, at, at a fundamental level, then and everything's force. made of sort of, of unbound or, or un, uh, disorganized consciousness... Right. Then, then you are able to control. Then you got telekinesis so I, and all these yeah. other. Things. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe it's all about the fact that you are able to bring things uh, from an unorganized state into an organized state. So I'm, I'm going to throw a big monkey wrench right here. That's cool. Okay. Go for it. Yeah. So we got these tubes on the brain, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> what if? Because it's it's you're uncoupling basically consciousness from gray matter, right? Right. What if this goes into like another crazy theory, which is well, the gray matter is a transducer of that. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. this goes into a crazy theory of the you know everything's a simulation, uh, right? Okay. Right. So if you have more control on the tubes of your brain, you can actually affect the computer programming that's running the simulation. Thus, you can lift the X-wing out of the swamp. Yes. 
you could control now, the that, that's now a very it's matrix, matrix. matrix. now it's matrix yeah, yeah. Was, matrix, I was just about to say that <laughs> that's not far of a stretch going from that that's very interesting I know I love that that's great huh so you have wait now here's here's where it all here's where it all ties together. So so the idea that I can affect something that I am not physically attached to can tie together with quantum entanglement. If your consciousness can somehow tie quantum entanglement such as the whatever is underneath the X-wing if I want to raise them, I can entangle Whatever underneath the X wing, and then I have control underneath whatever that is, or the or or the X wing itself, right? If you can do what if you can do the water, the Dagobin water on the bottom <laughs> of the X wing, you might as well do the X wing itself. I mean, it, it 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 if it's if it's flowing through everything, you know, it's it's uh, yeah. Well, then so then what if if that's the case, then everyone exhibits the possibility for having these powers what is it that makes jedis or or force users or even in the in uh there's actually a third group that is in the lore called force adept a force adept is someone who is born with these powers but has no idea on like the the spirituality of of a sith or a jedi they 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 just have they exhibit the capability of using these things but it's never trained it's It's, never yeah it's never trained they're they're more like mystics in a way right so what is the difference between those people and people who can't tap that power midichlorians (laughs) (laughs) yeah we've come full circle full circle circle. well uh, and and they haven't oh they haven't complained enough and you know was it taking the the red pill from morpheus hand (laughs) yeah right right there you go so jedi or is neo 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 oh my gosh (laughs) yeah i needed to sleep more before this episode um (laughs) this is usually when i'm asleep during oh, this is the this podcast. is Josh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is where we're right. sleep while we're doing the podcast. <laughs> well, so so uh, a quick aside, and then my second point, if you'll permit okay. me for time yep, that's of the force, we're fine on time. A quick aside, a, a comedic. I, I literally just thought of this. There's no preparation in this at all. Midi and Chlorians. We should break it down semantically. We have Midi, which I'm I'm very familiar with, uh, and Chlorians, which I suppose. There's some sort of form of there's, there's some chlorine isotope <laughs> in Star Wars. It's the combination of music and chlorine is what I'm trying to say that gives that gives someone forceability. Th- there is anyway. 128 channels available <laughs> of chlorine controlling digital uh, communication. Yeah, you have you have uh, you have uh, force velocity sensitivities right and right. you have to uh, you have to learn to control those velocities Wait, and here's what it is Anakin had the ability to turn on Omni so he could control all of them at once all 16 channels all, six, all of them at once yeah, that's right. great yeah no it's so he's like a really fine-tuned Casio keyboard if you look in the, if you actually look in the back of his little laboratory there's just a whole bunch of DIY modular synthesizers <laughs> Back to ne- next to the C-3PO parts on the table. You know. Right, right. Um, okay, is well, that, is, that, is that actually like Darth Vader's like thing? That's a, that's it's a, a synth. It's a, it's a synth. <laughs> 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 yes. Well, it is now. Uh, <laughs> no. Yeah, it, it, 
is for me forever going to be that. He, he, he does, uh, you know, on his off time, he does like stand up comedy and he has his own soundboard on his chest that he can play. Yeah, he. he to the beat of his. Right, right. And all the stormtroopers laugh because they know they have to. They have to. That, that's, see, that's all that. You didn't laugh. I, I, see, I knew that. that He's not breathing. That's just noise. It's his noise gate. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. We went from cerebral to stupid in no time and flat. And who does that better than, than the engineering than podcast? The engineering podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, okay, so my only second point is, is not really super technical, so I'll try to keep it quick, but it can be technical in a certain sense. The Force, I think, is the main character of Star Wars. I haven't heard anybody talk about this, but this is a theory that, I mean, I, I feel like I could speak for a long time on this because... It really makes everything that bothers me about what is now this huge runaway train of a story where so many people have had their mitts on it. It really is the thing that could guide the eternity of Star Wars that we have ahead of us. There would be a Star Wars film every year. If the main character is the Force, which I contend that it is in the greatest degree that that it's the truth in Empire Strikes Back, which mm-hmm. is the best, mm-hmm. period. It's second most uh, true in New Hope, but Luke is the protagonist. But there is, George Lucas said Star Wars is about the, Lu- the Skywalker family. That's what, that's what these movies are about. That's why Rogue One is not going to be a Star Wars film, because it's not about the Skywalker family. And the Skywalker family is starting to shape up to be the balance of the force. They, they are the ones who unbalance it. They're the ones who balance it. Hmm. That the, the family is the container for the, the single protagonist. It's not Luke and Anakin and Rey and whoever she is this child of. It's not all these different protagonists, one protagonist, and expressed in different ways. In the same way they say that, that the main character in a Tarantino film is violence. And you don't watch a character develop in a Tarantino film the way that you do in a regular movie. You watch the violence develop. Mm. You watch it. The violence has a, a character arc. Yeah. The force has a character arc in the best Star Wars films. And this is, I think, fundamentally why the prequels suck with a capital S. <laughs> because the force gets plays second fiddle to yep. terrible actors playing poorly written protagonists mm. with CG sets. set amongst s- senate proceedings like <laughs> like the the reason that i enjoy the force awakens even though it is it's you know it's orlando schlock yes compared to other sci-fi films but the reason i think it's great is because it's back to being all about the force the protagonist in human terms is split between ray and Finn, Poe yep. to some degree, Han. But the way the Force is kind of dormant and dead at the beginning, nobody knows about it, nobody talks about it, and then it just it kind of opens up like a flower again. That's what excites me. If they're going to get anything right in the rest of this trilogy and the rest of time with Star Wars, it's that the Force is the center of Star Wars. Not, not just as like the MacGuffin that moves the story along, sure. but it is the story. Yeah. So, okay, th- so that brings up an interesting... I uh, think four, five, and six absolutely agree with you on that topic. Mm. One, two, and three makes the force feel tired because mm. it's just it's just another weapon or power or useful well, tool they can use. 
So the thing is... Well, no, no, that makes sense because in 1, 2, and 3, there are tons of Jedi. Well, maybe not like thousands, but there's a couple hundred Jedi, right? Yeah. And the Jedi Council exists and they've existed for millennia, (laughs) et cetera, et cetera. Right. And in 4, 5, and 6, there are four. (laughs) Right. 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 Or five in the beginning, then there's four, then there's one. So whatever's happening (laughs) with them is... Of utmost importance. Exactly. Right. So because it makes the, sense mm. that where where in the prequels the force doesn't really matter because you know everyone knows what a Jedi is and what Jedi can do and all that stuff. So right. it doesn't really matter too much. Whereas in four, five, six, like even they say like you know um, your was it your ancient religion has no power here or something like that. Yeah. Um, Don't and then he, and then he chokes him to death. Sorcerer's ways. <laughs> yeah. So does so, yeah, does yeah. the force propagate itself? In in other way, in other words, if let's say Luke were to die after six, would the force bring itself back? Well, there had well, to be. Well, that's a whole other no, 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 channel. There had to be. That's yeah. the Langan theory. That's the that's the self. Let me get it correct. The 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 self processing self. Uh, Fulfilling. No, no, it's it's uh, uh, s. It's like this, the self-processing language. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a self-assembling, self-processing language. So so if if it's a fundamental thing, it will bring itself back, back. about. This is the this is the the immaculate conception of Anakin and all these kinds of things. Right. It's it's, yeah, right. it's that it's that this thing is not a thing. It's a being, a single being. Right. That's too huge for a body. It it it, it you know anyway. Yeah, that but that's that's very interesting to think that you you're not going to have I don't think we're going to have Ray's daughter. I mean, you know, or son or whatever. Like Luke to this point we don't know that he had any children. Like the Skywalker family probably will end at some point mm-hmm. because heroes don't have children. <laughs> um but <laughs> you you definitely get a sense that it, only, it the only, force will the force will be back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, I have a slightly different twist on the force. Okay, um, and this actually ties into the Force Awakens movie. Mm. So, in the Force Awakens movie, the First Order this goes back to the lightsabers a bit, um, where they have a weapon that can block a lightsaber, right? And actually, Josh and I were talking a couple weeks ago about how the First Order might have developed Force weapons. So they have the ability to actually use the Force in a technology way now. And, and, and this is suggested by the color of the weapons on the, Imperi- yeah. on, the, on the Star Destroyers in Force Awakens, right? Yes. Which are purple? Purple. Blue? blue yeah, purple. something like that. You, you got blue, green, red, and purple. Yeah. Right, but so... And purples was... was uh, purple, is, purple and red are Sith. Yeah. Or no. no, purple is uh, Samuel Jackson's. Oh, that's Mace. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> no, it's not Mace. It's Samuel. Samuel's, yeah. <laughs> of course, <laughs> Samuel's is purple. You know, like, he actually right, said. Right. You know, he actually said his... that's the one, the color he wanted. So that's actually the color he got. <laughs> no, I did not know no. that. That's a dude's favorite tell color. Me things that's like that. That's his favorite color. <laughs> Oh my God! Yeah. Of course it is. And, uh, and you and you know they brought him a a, sw- a swatch sample. Which purple, Samuel? Are we talking like you know like and, '70s porn purple or crushed velvet? Purple. We're talking crushed. Prince purple. Yeah, a mauve. And Sorry. this and this goes back to the Star Killer base too, 
where star sucker base. Yeah, star sucker base. <laughs> so the star sucker base, it it uses it sucks in the sun, right? But it actually uses that as an alternative power source. It actually collects dark energy. Okay, and so you could say that if the first order has developed these weapons that can absorb dark energy. You could probably maybe, you know, by a stretch, tie in the fact that force weapons are using dark energy, which before... Dark energy from our universe. Our okay. universe, They yes. don't refer to dark energy that I'm they aware do, of. No. no uh, well, kind of. It's in, If you read the novel about the, the, uh, the Force Awakens novel, okay. they actually explain the power source of Circular Base, and it's mostly dark matter and dark energy that uh. it absorbs. And it actually just uses the sun as... A drive to get that stuff, hmm. and so it's absorbing, or or so if you if you go into the fact that before this, they no one could use dark energy, but they knew about it. So maybe the force is actually manipulating dark energy and dark matter. So the midi chlorians allow you to do that. Oh, they they bridge the gap. Ah, so that's, the gap. that's that's pretty. So that's slick. my theory. Wow, that's um, a good theory. So if you have a lot theory. of many corns, you can actually because dark matter is or dark energy is like it's some absurd number percentage of our universe. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so I, I think it's percent. Yeah, right. something yeah. like that. So if you have the ability to control that, you can lift an X wing out of the water. Absolutely. You can choke someone to death, etc. Oh. Mm. So so okay, I will. I like yours better because it's more philosophical. <laughs> But, but this this is not, this is not the macrofab philosophy, philosophy no. podcast, right? Yeah. So yeah. so okay. I think you're gonna I think you're gonna find that many more of your listeners are are and and I I think I like your version better now too because it, it gives us something <laughs> to put our teeth into instead yeah. of just yeah, being this this abstract you Way know up, yeah. yeah. Well, I still don't know how we have no idea how that would work because we haven't even you know figured out what dark matter and dark energy actually is. Right. So so wait, here's the thing. Please I will I will uh, the star sucker base, I will rescind my hatred on it if that is the me- the methodology. In other words, if dark energy is how it shoots its beams, how it gathers its energy, when it pulls in the sun, if it's extracting dark energy and exhausting all the actual matter, and I don't know if it does that, though. Then that could make sense, and that would be an acceptable thing. Well, uh, I, I don't know. Yeah. I actually, so, I searched that. I was like, <laughs> I, no, I, no, I was like, okay, why? Because it's collecting dark energy, and it's collecting the sun. And I was like, okay, are stars made of, do they have a percentage of dark matter? And I could not get an answer out there. I don't think anyone has that answer. No. Well, I think I think in in so much as it is matter, it is not dark matter or dark no. energy. I but so but but dark, but dark matter and energy is what holds gal uh, like cl- galaxy clusters together. It's the scaffolding it along It binds which, them together. Yes. <laughs> there it is. There it is. We, the bush we is solved, love. We solved yeah. the horse. Yeah, there it, it is. It is dark matter and dark energy. Done. <laughs> <laughs> Next. Yeah, and yeah, next. Turn to side D.